Okay. Hey, gang. We're going to try a second take on Kuden episode 86. So hopefully the sound is coming through now. Uh, hopefully we resolve some technical issues. If you're listening in on the podcast, uh, it might sound a little bit confusing, but when we shot, when we set this up live, uh, through, uh, Facebook Live and YouTube and all those kind of things, uh, everybody knows that the sound was fading in and out. Let me bring up the chat, see, uh, uh, if anybody else is, uh, still hanging out with me. Anyway, uh, hopefully the, the sound is working, uh, now. I reset the whole system and, uh, as somebody said earlier, technology is great, or at least my motivation is great. Uh, technology can be failing sometimes. So anyway, um, Looks like I'm on, so hopefully everybody else will get the, the the message and they'll be coming back. Excellent. All right, so it looks like folks are starting to ease back in, which is great. Uh, I apologize now in the intro while everything was uh, resetting. So did my system, so now uh, I may have some hiccups. So <laughs> uh, different type of hiccups, right? Health type hiccups this time. So anyway, uh, let me get one of my uh, poisons here and crack it open. No, it's not a beer. <laughs> anyway, um, so for those of you who missed the first take, um, uh, the, today's uh, episode is uh, all wrapped around a, a couple of topics that um, uh, one of the listeners had sent in and somebody that's been uh, a student uh, of mine and they're kind of a long-distance uh, uh, individual and whatnot. But anyway, uh, so we're, today we're going to be talking about um, training through injuries and uh, limitations and those kind of things. And um, where up to this point, uh, a lot of my episodes have been about problems that people run into, uh, problems that I encountered on the journey, uh, tips, uh, like discoveries and things like that. Uh, today, we're going to be taking a look at a lot of uh, how-tos, okay? So we're already a little bit behind uh, because of the technical glitches and all that, but um, let's, just, let's just make it happen, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and officially get things started, and I'll join you back in just a minute. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio. Real training for real people in a real world. All right, I am back. See, this is what happens when I don't have like a producer and a technical person and all that, and I'm just I'm a one-man band when it comes to uh, to the podcast. But anyway, here we are, right? We're 86 episodes into this thing. Uh, this is the, I don't know, what is it? The, we're 18 into the reboot um, uh, from the original one. And uh, so I would normally have everybody jump over on the modern ninja warrior dot com forward slash kuden dash podcast dash episodes to look at the whole library. Uh, but at the moment, I'm going to have to tell you, like, you're going to have to do a Google search on, uh, you know, for kuden and podcast and uh, Apple podcast and Stitcher and all these kind of places. Uh, chances are we're there. I don't think we're on Spotify yet. I know people keep asking. We're trying. Um, they. Uh, they, I don't know what the problem is, right? Everybody else is, is uh, has us on, and it's all good. But anyway, um, we're on just about everywhere else. So, um, but at the moment, we're dealing with a security issue that GoDaddy, one of our uh, site servers, 
uh, had apparently they got, uh, they're using the word infiltrated. <laughs> they got hacked back in September and we just found out about it uh, about a week ago and um, they were protecting sites and turning things off and redoing passwords and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we're still down. So we're, we're working with them to try to get things back where, it's, where they're supposed to be. They're telling me it's not their security issue, but um, or it's not a result of their security problem. But um, we went down when they went down. So anyway, um, anyway, we're trying to get all that worked out. But uh, in, the, in the meantime, you're not going to be able to go to the library page there to get all previous 85 episodes. You're going to have to go to uh, one of the normal podcast things or go through the Kuden uh, podcast Facebook page or my YouTube channel or whatever and find some of those older ones if you, if you want to review them. Uh, but if you want to go all the way back before the reboot, before we started doing this uh, live through YouTube and, and, and all this stuff, uh, you're going to have to go to Apple uh, and, and Stitcher and all these other places, right? So anyway, that being said, um, uh, one of my listeners, one of my, uh, one of my guys that have, that's kind of been connected to me for, for a while, uh, Brian, I think it's Brian. Um, I apologize if, if I got that wrong, but um, uh, they sent in uh, as a res- as a response to some topic uh, requests and, and suggestions. Right in a, a couple of past episodes, uh, I invited everyone. If you have any questions, topics that you'd like me to cover, uh, anything like that, right? Uh, let me know. Right. So he did. Right. And so this is kind of a result of that. He sent in several. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm going to cover uh, things that are, to me, they're they're pretty much the same. I don't care if you, uh, you know, whatever the reason is that we might uh, have a challenge with training, whether it's injury or perceived limitations or actual limitations or whatever. Um, uh, today I want to cover things from more of a meaty how-to, right, and some suggestions, right? So um, let me do this. You're still going to be able to see my face. I just need to bring up some uh uh, well, actually, you know what? I'll do it this way. I'll do it on the smaller device, right? It's probably more powerful than my laptop anyway. Uh, and bring up the original uh, message that was sent to me. Because I want to I, I want to read it and uh, not lose um, kind of the, the, uh, the meaning. Brian. Okay, there it is, Brian. Brian, 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 Brian. Um, so he and I had just a little bit of a dialogue because um, the, the topics that he sent in were like uh, training around or through injuries, uh, training experiences with teachers when you were coming up. I did that uh, not too long ago, and I, I, I could do it again, uh, but not this episode. Uh, and then supplemental training ideas for mind-body to enhance training. Uh, what I said was a great idea. Um, but what I wanted was a little bit more explanation on the mind body to enhance training kind of thing. Right. Uh, because from my perspective, that could either be, um, uh, different mind and or body things, right. Uh, things to focus on or things to enhance the mind body connection. Right. So, uh, which one is it? Right. Um, he also pointed out and, and I appreciate it. Right. He said, I, I tend to over over deliver and I, I, I give a lot. Uh, out for free, hopes that I, that doesn't, um, uh, impede, uh, you know, the programs that I sell and things like that. And, um, one, I would rather over deliver and, uh, leave people really kind of wondering. I mean, it's not kind of generated, but I, I, I'm sure it 
comes up, right? If this is what I'm giving away for free, what is it that I'm offering, um, you know, when, when somebody actually becomes a student? Um, I don't know, is it probably a good, good line, but what the big thing that people are getting when they become an actual student is a structured delivery of the lessons and not just, uh, topics, you know, that are from different areas and kind of spread out. Uh, because when, when, when everybody goes through this, right, I mean, I guess if you stuck with it long enough, you'd end up getting everything I have because I, I don't filter, right? Um, but at the same time, this is no different than trying to learn on YouTube, right? What order should the techniques be done, right? Uh, or do you just jump around like you do cat videos, right? So uh, it's the structure and the, the the building block kind of thing, right? That that kind of process, right? Um, that people get when they're when they're training with me on a regular basis, right? There's a set curriculum, there's a set lesson plan, uh, there's uh, certain points. Now, of course, the student if the student gets things at a, at a at a faster rate or whatever, then you know I'll I'll shift things for them. But generally speaking, um, there's a certain process and path that I walk folks through so they don't miss anything, right? So they don't miss something that's important, right? Um, I apologize. I'm, I'm dealing with a, with a sinus uh, thing here. So if you see me like rubbing at my mustache or below my nose or whatever, I'm trying to stifle uh, a potential sneeze and, and all those kind of things. But anyway, um, uh, there's there's a process, right? When, when people are jumping around, they, I don't care if they jump around from seminar to seminar, or teacher to teacher, or YouTube video to YouTube video. Um, Normally, it's from a cool factor, or they don't know what to look at, so they just start looking at things, right? But the reality is that there are these things that we that we call kihon no kihon in Japanese, right? Fundamentals of the fundamentals. So even though you have basics, right, all those things are built from smaller pieces, right? And so if there's certain things that you're missing, then it can really throw you off. I'll give you an example of that, right? Uh, one year I was training in Japan. And um, we were uh, in one of Hatsumi Sensei's classes, but a ton of people that were there, right, uh, from all over the world. And uh, uh, we, we were working on this one technique that kind of had a transition from a punch to a grappling kind of thing or whatnot. And I looked to my right, and a couple of my students were, were there practicing, and they were really having a problem with this arm catch kind of thing that we were doing. And I leaned over and I said, it's an onikodaki that's failing, and then it turns into this thing, right? And then I went right back to my thing, because I always tell people when we're in Japan, um, unless I unless I mention something to you, don't ask me anything because I'm trying to figure things out, right? Because my teachers are as far ahead of me as you think I am of you, and that's the way it should be, right? If you if you think you're that close to the teacher for figuring it out, then go find another freaking teacher because they can't challenge you. They can't they can't help you get to the next phase, you're almost where they are. So either they're not practicing or you're you're already better than they are or you think you're better than you really are, whatever, right? So either way, you need another teacher because they're not challenging you. But anyway, I leaned over and I said this, and somebody to my, was it to my right? And somebody to the other side kind of leaned over and said, what'd you tell him? And I told him this thing and he went, is that one of those, like, kihon things? Is that one of those basic, basic kind of things? And I said, you mean one of the techniques that shows up again and again and again over, you know, a butt ton of techniques? And he goes, yeah. 
Now, this is somebody that had been training for six to eight years, already had a high-level black belt. We'll go over that some other time, the, the difference between getting promoted in, in my system and getting promoted for time in other places or whatever. But anyway, um, he goes, oh, so, well, you know what? I've already been training for this long, so, um, yeah, no, I'm not even going to bother with it. Okay, but that was a reference point, right? And it's this, it's a fundamental for a reason, right? So, um, anyway, it's just one of those things, right? If you're missing pieces, um, jumping around and adding and, and learning more techniques and trying to practice things isn't going to fix base fundamental problems, right? So, anyway, but I had this, I had this little question, right? You know, what, what was the perspective coming from? And we bring it up here again. So he said, uh, I was thinking along the lines of supplemental reading or things to meditate on to foster the warrior spirit. One thought that you brought up that helped me tremendously was to just make a decision. Warriors make decisions. If we have to make another decision later, then great. But just hanging out in limbo isn't going to do anything for anyone. Okay? Absolutely. Right? So, again, I was sharing some of my uh, my unreasonable goals, which just got even more so uh, before, like in, in take one of this thing, uh, which if you if you can't find it on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, it's because I went back and deleted this piece of crap that the audio was going in and out of. But anyway, um, so uh, uh, there's there, there's this there's this process, right? So I'm not going to talk about the decision-making and all that. We've got these other things going on. But but one of the gist that, that Brian had was in, in training through injuries and, and fostering this warrior spirit, which to me has a lot to do with overcoming limitations. I don't care what the limitations are. I don't care if it's a physical injury. I don't care if it's depression. I don't, and I know how unfashionable that kind of talk is, right? I mean, that could get me banned from every social network that ever exists because if I'm not nurturing victimhood, then I'm an asshole, right? Well, I'm an asshole, okay? Um, so, but I don't care if the limitations are, again, a physical limitation or an injury or uh, one foot was, I was born with one foot shorter than the other or I've got three eyes or uh, my daddy beat me, he did, um, or whatever, right? I don't care what they are, right? I don't care what they are, right? This is This is all in the same kind of a mix, okay? So, but I did want to kind of keep a little bit of a structure to this so that I, because I, I promised a how-to during this, during this episode, okay? So anyway, so, but, but let's do that. Let's, let's talk about training around or through injuries, okay? Because that, that is, that is one of the biggest things that, that people have, right? So, um, let me tell you another story, <laughs> right? Um, I had only been training in this art for, by then, let's see, I guess a couple of years, but formally with my teacher, formally with Stephen Hayes, the guy who first brought this stuff back to Japan, uh, from Japan to the U.S., um, probably had formalized my, uh, my teacher-student relationship with him less than a year, right? So anyway, I'm stationed in Germany, and, um, uh, you know, I was trying to put this, this first training group together, and um, we did a, a demonstration at a, at a local fair, right? We, the, the military uh, families group kind of put this thing together, right, um, to highlight things that uh, families, dependents, right, children, wives, spouses, whatever, could do um, 
you know, they're, they're living in a foreign country and whatnot. So here's this, here's this kind of a little enclave, right? Or an enclave, right? Where they could, um, they could do some things, right? Cause we have the rec center and we have the phys, uh, you know, the gyms and, and things like that. But what else is going on, right? So I had this training group, um, that I was, uh, teaching out of the local rec center, um, on this new stuff, right? This ninja stuff, right? And so, uh, they let me do a demonstration at this, uh, at this fair that they were doing. And, um, you know, so we kind of set up and structured things and had practiced and whatnot. It was a fairly new training group, but um, all the guys were either military police uh, officers or they were um, dependents of other soldiers. Um, but the, the guys that were training with me either had prior martial arts experience or, um, you know, had bad people jump them either before, during, or after their military and law enforcement uh, uh, job, right? So anyway... Um, the first technique, right, that I was doing, right, and a couple of my guys get out there doing things, and then first technique I was going to do uh, was a kick defense where you're supposed to shift out of the way, kind of catch the leg, walk, dump the person, right, lock them up, that kind of thing, right? And um, yeah, you have to understand that I had been all, I had already been doing different types of martial arts since 1975, right? right? So this is 1980, where the hell was I? This was 1982, 83, something like that, right? Um, was it? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, so um, I'd already been doing martial arts, the, the block punch kick kind of stuff, um, for, you know, a good couple of years. So uh, that's already wired into muscle memory. So I'm, I'm, you know, working through this stuff and everything. And so uh, this was a basic evasion kind of thing. And even if I miss the leg, I'm still out of the way. I can do some kind of follow-up. And um, this guy throws this kick, and I shift my body, and my arm instinctively goes into low block position. And his shin kicked my forearm, and there was a loud snapping noise. And he uh, looked at me and said, did that just, and I said, yes, keep going. And I shifted into position, took him down, did, did my whole thing, and I uh, did 20 more minutes of my demonstration um, one-handed, right? Because I took my right arm, tucked it uh, against my body, and did it uh, without using that arm. And um, we continued on with the demonstration. And then afterwards, I went up to uh, my then-wife and, and uh, said I, I need to go to the, the dispensary, the military version of a clinic, and um, uh, broke my arm. And she said, what, just like just now? And I said, no, 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 like half an hour ago. Uh, but we got to go because it's starting to swell. And um, everybody thought it was nuts because, uh, you know, I, I broke my arm, right? You, you get that thing fixed. Uh, no, uh, I, I can get it fixed. But what is that going to do for uh, the reputation of the training group that we're trying to start, right? This martial art that's supposed to be, you know, for warriors and survivors and, and that kind of thing, right? Um, uh, all the way up to the Grandmaster. I mean, all these things are, you know, just they're not circling in my head like I have to make a decision. It was a no-brainer. It, it was just one of these no-brainer kind of things that uh, I can get this fixed later, right? I am here. There's a mission to be accomplished, and it, it's just a, it, it's just something that has to be done, right? Um, because if it doesn't... Um, 
failure, you know, failure wasn't an option. It was just, it wasn't, I didn't think about the negatives. I didn't think about, oh, you know, I'm, I'm dishonoring Hatsumi Sensei and I'm, I'm dishonoring my teacher. Nothing like that, right? I couldn't let the training group look like it was crap, right? So, uh, here, so I did this whole thing, uh, with this broken arm, right? But I didn't just do that, right? Uh, a couple of weeks after this demonstration, uh, I had already uh, organized a seminar and was bringing in a teacher from England, uh, a teacher in this art. And um, here, my arm was going to be in a full arm cast, right? So the cast is, I guess, on my right arm, right? It's going to run from just below the deltoid muscle all the way down bent arm, right, with my hand in this, if you... In, in some medical circles, this is called the orange picker kind of position, right? But it's all positioned so the bones, right, in the, in the forearm can be positioned um, so that they knit in a correct position and they're not, like, moving all over the place, right? So I'm in a sling and all that kind of stuff, right? So um, I, I didn't cancel the seminar, right? So the seminar comes and all that, right? And the, the instructor comes over, and so we're doing this thing, and the instructor was like, this is fantastic, right? Because now you have a reason that most people never think of, right, to train where you're protecting this broken limb that you are, you know, you have to, you have to move in certain ways. Um, you're not just free to do whatever, right? You have, to, you have to adjust around an injury, right? And an injury can occur during a self-defense situation, right? You could be jumped, you could be, you know, banged up or whatever, and then what, right? Well, do you curl up and let the guy beat you into unconsciousness, or do you just keep you, you keep doing what you need to do, right? Because um, it's not over till it's over, right? It's not over till, as my teachers used to say, it's not over till the TV gets turned off or until you don't have to defend yourself anymore because he's down and out or running for his life, right? So, um, again, it was you know it was one of those one of those moments where. Um, I, I never felt like I was being the tough guy or uh, anything else. Students did, and, and other people thought I was crazy and whatnot, but here's, you know, the teacher validating that, you know, this is absolutely, you know, a, a given thing. And that's just one of many times in my training where um, something happened. You know, the most recent was, um, I'd say recent, right, but 2008 when I was in that really bad traffic accident, um <coughs> And ended up with that nerve damage and, and that um, uh, bulging disc uh, problem between T8 and T9, mid-thoracic on my back. And um, what was it? Uh, September, so October, November, December, January, February, March, April. So five, six months later, right, um, I, I had a trip to Japan scheduled, right? This wasn't a last-minute thing. This was the next spring trip. And I went, right? Um and, uh, again, I had one of those things where, um, you know, I went to as many classes and did as much of class as I could, but I was having a problem with, like, I wasn't having, I wasn't blacking out, but uh, my brain would just stop as far as, like, functioning uh, to process data and stuff like that. I found out later that I had what was, what's called um, accident-induced ADD, right, um, which means that the filter between the outside world and my short-term memory circuits uh, was broken. Okay. Um, we didn't know if it was long term or not. Did take years to get it like back to where it needed to be. But, uh, what that means is that since there was no filter, 
the short-term memory circuits were being flooded, right? So we weren't sure if my short-term memory section of my brain uh, was messed up, like, permanently or anything, because what would happen was I would hit a point where, like, <laughs> there's a difference between being in a Zen meditative mindset where your focus is single-minded on something. All the other processes are doing what they're doing, but we're you know, funneled in on this thing, and there being there's just this this duh kind of thing where that's not Zen. That's like things just stop, right? And uh, still know who I am, can still function all that. But anyway, I was having these these moments, right? And if I overdid it, the disc would bulge, and it bulges on the spinal cord side. So when it bulges, the the disc will press into the fecal sac, which is a protective sheath you have around your spinal cord. And if it presses into that, like it is a little bit right now, it's slightly uncomfortable, and I know exactly where it is, and it's just, you know, it's, you know it is what it is, right? But if it really bulges and it really pushes in, it pushes the fecal sac right into the spinal cord itself, and then the pain sensation is very, very different, right? I no longer feel the pain back there. It feels like there's a metal or a steel shaft sticking through the front of my chest, right? It's very, very different, right? But I was having these moments, and, and that was my kind of my gauge, right, is to when I needed to step back and I, I would watch class, take notes, that kind of thing, or when I could physically participate. I apologize for the... Background noise again. But anyway, uh, so, uh, you know, most of you know the, the story about Ishiguro Sensei telling me that that was a great opportunity because I could experience something that somebody who never, doesn't have that damage or didn't have that injury couldn't feel when it came to our techniques. And then he proceeded to uh, cause pain. And <laughs> But he did tell me, right, this, this is going to hurt, but I'm not going to hurt you, right? Do you understand the difference? Right, uh, because you, you're going to get this direct feedback, and it taught me a lot about a lot more about techniques that most people only have to th- or can only theorize about. Right. So, but anyway, um, injuries have never stopped me from training. Right, because I understand the depth and breadth that this training makes up. Because it's not just physical. Right. Most people come to this. Uh, for the perspective that it's a martial art, right? They went looking for martial arts, or they thought martial arts would be cool. So, in reality, they came at it from the perspective that, you know, this was an acceptable martial arts option among martial arts options, right? When the reality is that it's about survival and protecting yourself and, and developing certain traits that will allow you to be successful in any, any kind of scenario, right? If we just talk about conflict, right? Yes, there's physical self-defense, but there's also de- dealing with uh, stress and assholes at work and, and pushy salesmen and, and people that are trying to manipulate or whatever, right? Uh, keeping your head on straight when your kid's blowing a gasket or whatever. There's all these things in life, right, that, that we, we could have to protect ourselves from or to stay okay with, right? But there's all kinds of other things, right, the, the overall challenge of life and, and <coughs> excuse me, and all of these things, right? So there's there's just a butt ton of stuff, right? Uh, it all goes back to that question that, that Takamasa-sensei, um, 33rd grandmaster of the Togakure school, had asked his student, Asumi-sensei, my teacher, when he first started training with him. 
right? He had all this all this martial experience, all these black belts and stuff. And, you know, uh, Takamasa looked at him and said, yeah, okay, okay, great, great, okay. All those techniques, you can kick, punch, but can you survive? Survive what? Doesn't matter. I don't know. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Can you survive? Which requires a way bigger toolkit or toolbox than just learning a particular style of martial arts, right? So, again, my contention, and you're going to hear me say this a lot, right? Uh, my contention is that ninjutsu is not a real martial art. Okay? From the perspective of it being an information-gathering uh, spy kind of thing way back in the day, all the way to the martial arts or the self-defense stuff is just one aspect among this grander body of knowledge, right? So it, it, it's not, it doesn't, the perspective and everything, is, it, even the setup, it's not the same. But anyway, um, so, so um, injuries have never been an issue for me because, one, I recognize from a self-defense perspective that I could already be going into a self-defense situation with an injury or an illness or anything, right? Bad day, uh, you know, whatever, okay? Um, and I can't make this guy go away and come back when I'm healed. As a matter of fact, he probably cut me to the, from the herd because he saw me limping or because he knows something. And God help me if I'm being attacked by somebody that knows me and they know about the pre-existing injury or whatever, you know, is going on, right? Having a headache or I've got this, this debilitating migraine or whatever that, um, that I might use to let people know I'm not operating at full capacity today because, you know, bad guy's perspective is <laughs> fantastic. That's awesome. Great. You can't process things as well? Fantastic. Now's what I'm going to get, okay? Same thing. Broken arm, uh, sprained wrist, you know, swollen foot, you know, whatever, right? So, again, we don't want to do so much that we exacerbate the problem and hurt ourselves, but being an excuse for not training, shit, that should be an excuse for training a very specific way because you have to, right? You, this gives you a reason, right? What if somebody, you know, throws something at you and it slams into your foot and now you've got this this thing that you know you can't can barely walk on, and here they come, right? So now it gives me a reason to think about this. Okay, so right, I can't move far. <coughs> Excuse me, can't put a lot of weight on my foot. Can't, okay, so what can I do? How can I move? Right? What 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 is my body able to do well enough? Right? And I, so I can practice with that, right? And even after things have healed, now I've got those experiences and that and that um, uh, that that knowledge, right? Back in the storehouse consciousness, right? So if should that come up again, I'm not trying to make up shit on the fly, right? I've got it, right? It, I've been here, been there, done that. I've got the experience, right? So um, you know, I, I already that's that's already top of mind. Yeah, but but. But what if, what if you're flat on your back, right? You don't understand, like, I got bad hips, I got bad knees. Yeah, I know. Two Decembers ago, slipped on ice, fell on, on concrete, on the wedge of concrete steps, and broke my lower back. I, I get it, right? Ended up in the hospital, right? I get it. Flat on my back. I get it. 
Okay? Then what? Hey, honey, thanks for coming to visit me. Next kind of time you come in, can you bring me this, this, and this book and my laptop? Okay? And I need a notebook. Okay? So I'm, I'm going to go through and, and read and study in certain areas that I've been putting off or haven't had time for, whatever. Shit, now I'm flat on my back. I got three hours of intensive uh, uh, physical therapy every day. Okay? But what am I going to do with the rest of the time? Lay around and stare at the boob tube? Okay? Uh, yeah, no. Okay? Wait until the next poking and prodding and meds and... Uh, no. Okay? Um, there's something I can be doing. Right? And I'm going to do it. Okay? So... Uh, the the question isn't how long until I can train again. How long will it take for this injury to, you know, be fixed so that I can get back to training? Um, what, uh, you know, um, how far back or how far behind will this put me? That's not the question. The question is, what can I do with this, right? What might I have to do with this injury or with an injury like it, right? If somebody attacked me right now, how can I move? What can I do? Okay? Those are completely different questions because, the, well, if our focus is on success and being this no-limits person, this ninja that we're all talking about, right? If it's on being that, then the question needs to be, to be a, focused on how do I still produce results given the condition that I have or given the circumstances? Not, well, like I can't, right? Um, well, what do you, what do you expect me to do? Um, I'm injured. I'm broken. No, bullshit, right? That's, that's a cop out. That's somebody waiting. What? You can only operate when the conditions are perfect. The conditions that are perfect are nobody's freaking attacking you. That's perfect conditions, okay? But that's not what the training's about. The training's about being able to operate under disadvantaged conditions. It's easy to win if you've got the bigger army. It's easy to win if you're the bigger person, right? If you've got more techniques and skill and experience than the other person. It's easier, right? It's not a guarantee, right? It's easier to win if you've got the bigger weapons, right? He brought a knife to a gunfight or he brought fists to a knife fight or whatever, right? It, that's easy, but that's not ninjutsu. Ninjutsu is, is winning against overwhelming odds, right? Ninjutsu is persevering when, right? And it's, it's all wrapped up in the, in the nin uh, kanji, right? That shinobu kanji, right, that we use, right? I'm, I'm wearing a, my... My, uh, what the hell is this? My Under Armour, uh, shirt today instead of my, uh, my dojo thing. Do I have, most of you know what the, what the, um, uh, you know what? We'll bring it up here. What the logo is, right? I mean, our, our logo is the, the, uh, four pointed, uh, Togakure Senban with the Nin kanji on it. Let me see if I can bring up a kanji here quickly. Do, 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 My pictures are all over the freaking place. Uh, let's see. We'll just do a quick Google search. Do, 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 do. It'll look backwards when you're seeing it because the cameras do that shit to it. So, nin, kanji, nin, nin, not knee with a 
period. Ugh. There we just bring it up here. There we go. Okay. So here's this Nin Kanji, right? Oh, good. Maybe it's not backwards. Awesome. Maybe it flipped around for me. Okay. So here's a quick lesson for those of you who are fairly new to this or for those of you who never got this freaking lesson the first time around, right? Um, this kanji, right, to persevere, to endure, uh, to never give up, right, all those kind of things, right? It's the, the, the word ninja, right, means a persevering or enduring person, right? Nin, to persevere, to endure, to never give up, to never quit. Ja, person, right? So a ninja is someone who perseveres and endures no matter what, okay? And so this kanji, right, paints a picture of this thing. Okay, so if you can think of Japanese Chinese kanji as uh, like hieroglyphics, right? They're pictures of a concept. Okay, so instead of being written out with letters that string together to make words that convey an idea, like we have, right? These are pictures. Okay, so this top part right here, right, is the kanji uh, tol or uh, ha for the edge of a blade. Right, without this little diagonal uh, stroke that's right here, right, uh, that cuts, get my finger here, so there's this downward stroke here, there's this one that cuts across it right here, right, without this one, right, it's toll or blade, right, with that little diagonal thing that cuts through it, that short little stroke, right, that points to the edge of a blade, right, the hot part, the, the worst part, right, the part that can, that can kill you, right, otherwise it's just a piece of metal that'll bludgeon you, right, okay, so it's toll, blade, the bottom one right here, right, uh, make sure this isn't going to fade on me, okay, so this bottom part right here, these four strokes down here, it looks like three dots or a teardrops, and somebody's told me it looks like a freaking smiley face with a with a tear or something, right, but anyway, um, that's uh, shin, right, um, or kokoro, right, for heart, right, your heart, the organ, your heart, or your core, your essence, and so um, what it's conveying is, though, is, is, the idea that even though the enemy holds his blade over my heart, I will endure. Okay? I'll survive. Right? So that can convey doing whatever's necessary to survive, right? But there's an alternate translation to this kanji, right? Which is patience. Okay? But it still plays into perseverance because sometimes the conditions are such that I can't act, right? Or I can't do what I would normally do, okay, can't do what I would normally do, and so I have to wait until I can. But that doesn't mean I can't do anything, because patience also uh, it, it um, implies observing, waiting and watching for the perfect moment that I can act and that I go, right? So... Now, a lot of people would, would say that I just contradicted myself and, and you know, that, yeah, but, but, but if I'm injured, right, then I should wait until I can train. No, that's not what I said. I said you may have to wait and be patient until you can train the way you normally train, but that doesn't mean that you do nothing, right? Patience is not nothing. Patience is observing and watching the circumstances so that you can be ready in the moment, right? But just because I can't train the same way doesn't mean that I can't train. That doesn't mean I can't do something, right? So uh, 
uh, one of my Chinese friends, right, because the kanji were imported to Japan from China, right? So uh, there isn't Japanese kanji and Chinese kanji. Well, there are a couple of Japanese kanji that they created along the way, but originally everything was imported, right? So what we have in Japan is a Japanese transliteration of the Chinese word, like nin, of ninja. Okay? That's how you would say that kanji in Chinese, right? Nin. Okay? Actually, it's more like an N-I-N-G. Nin. Okay? The Japanese other way of saying the same uh, or, uh, word that goes with that kanji is shinobu. Right? The alternate word for ninja is shinobi. Right? One who steals in. A stealthy person. Right? Which can also mean a graceful person. One who isn't banging into the world. Right? One who is barely perceptible. Right? But that doesn't mean they're meek and hiding in a corner. It means they're not doing things to stand out. Meanwhile, they're watching everything that's going on. Okay? So, um, but the, again, there are these, these ideas that are being conveyed, right? That if we don't know what they are, then we can't live to the ideal. Right? So, uh, anyway, so my, my thing with, with, uh, Brian's question is, is what can you do? Right? And if you don't know, that's one of the reasons for having a teacher, right? Or a mentor, right? If you don't know, you can ask. Okay? So here's what's going on, da 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 da, right? Okay? So Isuk Sensei, when I was there with that, you know, back injury, right? He said, of course, right? You train to the point where you can't take a step back, right? If you can, at least watch class, observe class. I've seen people that, you know, got injured or confused or whatever, and just freaking changed their clothes and left, right? Uh, I've had people that, you know, want uh, want to do everything or, you know, um, the fear of a virus coming up. I'm not saying there wasn't a problem. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting into bullshit conversations and arguments with people, right? But, right, they did not have it. They were not bedridden on a ventilator, anything like that, right? We went from dojo training to virtual training where we did things online like this. They didn't even have to leave their own house. And they quit. The hell is that? Right? Like, what? For the rest of your life, we're going to be locked down, right? Martial law. You can't leave your home. So, therefore, no one will ever attack you. Right? Because you're not out in public. Right? Yeah. Because nobody's going to violate orders and go around and break into people's houses and mug them and take their shit. Right? That's just, what? I don't need it anymore because... I have all the confidence I told you I didn't have when I first started four months ago. My discipline is now rock solid, right, because I don't quit at things, right, um, whatever, right? All these things, right? My self-defense skills are like, you know, I, I can deal with the worst that could come at me, right? No, right? But 75% of our student body, right, which is really funny, right? It's, I mean, it's... It's it's not as funny as the guys that I've had who um, need to run right out and get themselves a tattoo of that nin symbol, right? Right? As their commitment to training, and within months, sometimes weeks, they quit. So the irony is, I got a bunch of these people that were former students running around the world with a tattoo on themselves that that is about enduring and persevering and overcoming challenges and not quitting. Who quit? That's fucking funny. Okay? Sorry. To me, that's funny, right? So they're a step even beyond the people that just 
you know, everything's good. We're coming to class. As long as the dojo's going on, ah, there's lockdown. There's virtual classes. I can keep training. What? You're too busy? <laughs> Sorry. Right? So, anyway. Um, but, again, you know, we get a lot of folks that, that get involved in the training. Um, they have no idea what Ninjutsu is. Right? To them, it's it's karate. Right? Oh, if you don't know what the word transliteration means, when I was talking about the Japanese transliteration of an original Chinese word, right? Saying karate, right, is an English transliteration of karate, okay, of the Japanese word karate, empty hand, karate, okay? But it turns into some guy's name in the phone book, karate, right? So um, anyway, right, so same thing as uh, Aikido, which is Aikido, uh, those kind of things, right? That's that's a transliteration, right? It becomes the American way of saying things, right? We say ice cream, the Japanese say ice cream. Right? So we say Christmas, they say krimas, right? So it's it's just a it's the way we're gonna say that imported word kind of thing. So anyway, all right. So uh, my take on the on the training when you're injured is. Um, of course, you need to rest and treat that thing, right? But if somebody broke into your house or you were on your way to the pharmacy to pick up meds or whatever, and you've got that injury, the question is, okay, the training while I'm injured is a perfect time to be training to, you know, how to, how to defend myself while trying to protect this. Or for those of you who are advanced, like, um, uh, like Carl and some of the other guys that have been around for a long time, right? Um, using your cues to think on, right? You're disguising truth and falsehood, right? So I've got this injury, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to position it so it's like a strength, okay? Because if I if I guard it and he right, realizes that I'm injured, right, he'll find a way to go after it, right? But there's a cool thing where, let's say my wrist just came out of a, uh, out of a cast, right, and it's still weak and all that kind of stuff, can barely make a fist, right? So... Um, I have a choice, right? I can I can put it against me, right? Where, ooh, right? I'm going to hide it from you, that kind of thing, and hope you can't get at it, right? Or I could turn it to face you, right? And what I could do is maybe I can't reach out well with the arm yet because the muscles are still, uh, you know, weak and sore and all that. But I can I can move that shoulder, which will push the hand forward. Let me position my body here so the guys watching video can see it, right? If I push my shoulder forward, that makes the hand go. And, you know, I can flinch, I can move the fingers a little bit or whatever. So it gives the appearance that that arm is very proactive, right? And if I'm moving it forward, like I'm trying to hit it, hit him with it, right? Now he has more of a reason to avoid it and to come up with ideas or come up with ways to stay away from my perceived strength to get at my weakness when really what I'm doing is I'm leading with the weak arm, right, as a way to protect it. Right? So when he shifts to avoid that to go after the other arm, because I must be a southpaw or whatever, right? Goes after the other arm, he's actually going to play into my strengths, right? So the same thing, right? If you're a wrestler, right? And you're really, really good at wrestling and you suck at punching and kicking, continue to suck at punching and kicking if you want, but what you could do is just get really good at moving around like somebody who's good at punching and kicking. Get really good at that. So he thinks that you're good at punching and kicking. So he's going to want to get inside the punches and kicks to wrestle with you. And, well, shit, look at that. You're already, you're, you're better at wrestling, right? 
forgot to tell you, right? Or let's say I suck at wrestling, but I'm really good at punching and kicking, right? So I try to get better at wrestling. I've only gotten so much better, but I'm not going to be able to take on a shoot fighter or whatever. But using my Hetsu Jutsu disguise and impersonation skills, I could get really good at moving around like a, like a high-end wrestler. Not that I have to be good on the ground or be able to lock somebody up or even do takedowns or anything, but how does one of these guys that are really good, right, at, at wrestling and shoot fighting and stuff, how do they move? How do they hold their head? How do they hold their body? That kind of thing, right? That same thing, right? Same thing is just applied to the whole injury uh, paradigm, right? Anyway, all right, so I'm going to switch gears here and, and talk about this other thing with limitations, which is going to do a major crossover. But a couple of uh, comments come in. Or came in, so uh, Stephen or Stefan says, I had a friend who broke his arm. He was walking with his cast on, and two guys pulled him to the ground by his cast and robbed him. Yeah, so, you know, and <laughs> predators, I don't care what form they come in, right? They look for the weaknesses, right? And if that's the broken and they know it, right, then they know that as soon as they grab that, right, it's – it's going to cause a pain response that's going to make you very, very weak, and it's going to make you easy to overcome, right? Um, so uh, <laughs> what I was doing was um, being willing to hit people with my cast, okay? That caused people to kind of second-guess how close they wanted to get to me, you know, and people were telling me later, you know, but 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 you would have, like, needed your arm to be reset or whatever. Absolutely. Right, but in training, I can move around and and figure out how this arm would move and what the limitation is at the shoulder, what what that that wrist and elbow positioning does, and and where my my angle could go. Because you know what, in a life or death situation, I'm willing to bash somebody in the skull with this piece of plaster of Paris, knock my arm out of alignment, because it can be reset. If I'm sent to the emergency room or even worse to the morgue, there is no reset. Right? So, how, so, you know, you, you get good at this kind of stuff, right? Just like getting good at, at um, breathing and breath control and pain management, right? Because uh, there was another time where I broke an arm, or broke it actually in a hand. I broke the, the bone right here in my hand. It was actually in training. Uh, I was moving around. We had just gotten these new open fingered sparring gloves, right? So, for those of you who are in my dojo, when we, we work with these things, uh, when you get to that level, and I tell you, to consciously get your fingers straight, right? Don't let the glove maneuver your fingers, right? Um, I'm telling you that from experience, right? So anyway, moving around, somebody throws a kick, right? I shift out of the way, not quite far enough. I mean, I saved everything here, but their foot kicked that knuckle. That knuckle is the end of that bone, right? Hit that, this bone punched the head of this bone, okay? This bone in your hand here, right? So this one hit this one, right? It was like this kind of thing, right? And this bone split end for end diagonally like that, from the top of one end down to the other, and displaced it, right? I had this huge lump in my hand where this compound fracture almost blew through, okay? <coughs> so anyway, uh uh, got it all wrapped up and stuff uh, the night before. Had an appointment with the doctor the next day for the permanent cast he put on. And um, he wanted to know if, uh, you know, I needed to be put to sleep. And I said, no, 
what I need for you to do is set the damn bone, right? He goes, this is, gonna, this is really going to hurt. I've got to maneuver this. And I said, look, just do it, okay? And I just did these deep breathing exercises and cleansing kind of things so I wouldn't hold my breath. I wouldn't back up all the carbon dioxide and hyperventilate and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, while I'm doing this, and he's just perplexed, right? Does this not hurt? Yes, it freaking hurts. Would you just do the job, right? So, um, but that comes from, you know, getting through other other things and whatnot, right? And just having this don't quit kind of thing. But either way, right? Um, maybe it's just me and maybe I'm just retarded, right? Or maybe I'm living to what this art's supposed to be all about. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, uh, something else came in from, um, let's see, so transliteration in writing one language and the script of another language, for example, to say doctor in English and then spell it out as, I uh, can't read that, sorry, in Arabic, not to be confused with accent. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Okay, so um, anyway, so let's let's move on to this, um, uh, the warrior, warrior spirit, right? Warrior spirit, um, I saved this for last because... Um, this really has to do with this whole idea of of limitations and and that that nin symbol. Okay, so uh, Brian's question was about things that you could do to foster the warrior spirit. Okay, the first thing I would suggest for fostering the warrior spirit is every time you feel like putting something off till tomorrow or not doing something because it makes you anxious or nervous or it's outside your comfort zone or whatever, look yourself in the frickin' mirror and say, young man, young woman, get your ass moving. It has to be done. Okay? Doing it anyway. And I know I know how easy that sounds given the baggage that a lot of us have, right? And God knows I have tons of baggage coming to this stuff, and I still have a, a decent amount, right? But... Remember that success is just outside your comfort zone. Okay, in uh, I think it's the scrolls of the Takagi Ocean View. Right, there's a poem that encapsulates the idea. There's another big fifty dollar word out of a five dollar amount. Right, encapsulates the idea of mutodori. Right, unarmed against a weapon, unarmed against a blade is the literal translation, but it by implication means any weapon. And the poem has to do with um, death is right there. Right? In an instant, death will happen. But one step forward is peace. One step forward is life. Right? And the whole idea is, uh, in this patience and waiting for it and, and knowing where that kind of thing is. But the, the idea is that the, the bubble that I'm experiencing, right? The anxiety, the terror, the fear, the recognition that shit, you know, I, I'm gonna die, right? Is also it also comes part and parcel with the idea that the danger is is here, right? Just take a step, right? Move in a direction. If you don't know what to do, or you don't know you've got all these options and you don't know which one to pick or whatever, if they're all freaking equal, pick one. But what if I'm wrong? Well, you're going to be dead anyway, so just freaking pick one, right? Okay. Hopefully, with experience and knowledge, you'll pick the right one, but if he's coming into this space, the answer is don't be in this space. Okay? Everybody wants to wallow in the problem instead of taking a step in any given direction because you'll get instant feedback. 
right? The warrior spirit is the willingness to act, the willingness to decide, right? The willingness to step into directions that you're not comfortable. Because anybody that's comfortable, they may be experienced and accept it and have, you know, experience with it and all that kind of stuff, but comfort, comfort ducking bullets, that's not comfort, that's neurosis. Okay, that's disconnect. That's like sociopath, psychopath, whatever, where you either there's no emotional charge or you're actually freaking enjoying it, right? That's that's problematic, right? Um, but there's no growth without without struggle, right? A tree doesn't grow or a plant doesn't grow because a seed a seed stays the same. Okay, there's not only that internal pressure and drive to become what it can become, right? But there's the pressure from the ground, there's it's getting soaked with water, it's you know heat and all that kind of stuff, and then it splits. The seed dots. The speed seed splits. So this thing, this this right, same thing with the with the caterpillar. Everybody knows all these cliche uh kind of things, but living it's something different. Right? <coughs> Excuse me. So when it comes to developing the warrior spirit, right, what we want to do is is make ourselves uncomfortable, okay? And I don't mean just like willy-nilly. I mean like head in the direction that you would really like to be going, right? You come home from work just dead-ass tired, and you don't feel like practicing. Practice, okay? You are ill. And you don't feel like practicing, right? Got a splitting headache, don't feel like practicing. Practice, anyway, okay? Nobody wants to hear this, but the answer is the warrior acts whether or not they feel like it. Okay? I want to have a new t-shirt made for the dojo. It's just one simple sentence across the front. Nobody ever said you had to like it. Yeah. But that's that's not just a warrior, that's a mature person, right? Kids are led around by pain and pleasure, right? They only want to do things that feel good, and they only want to do things that feel bad, right? But if you let your kid lead, they wouldn't be inoculated against a bunch of shit that you know would kill them, okay? We wouldn't have nearly eradicated, you know, what, half a dozen lethal things that our great-grandparents were dying from. Okay? All because we allowed somebody to slide a sliver of steel into our skin and inject a foreign substance. And I'm not getting into bullshit, political con or things about modern things or whatever. I've got my own beliefs, but we don't need to have that discussion. Okay? The point of the lesson is nothing good comes from sitting on your ass and doing nothing. Okay? Nothing good. No, no goals are accomplished. No worthwhile goals are accomplished because they were easy. We don't even see those as goals. Yeah. Hey, did you accomplish that goal of having breakfast this morning? What the hell are you talking about? Goal, breakfast. It's not a goal. That's really staying alive, getting up, those kind of things, right? That, that's not, that's not a goal. Surviving another day, making sure you have nutrients to, okay. But see, we don't even think about those things because we've grown beyond that kind of thing. Okay? Growth comes from challenge. Okay? 
You want to develop more of the warrior spirit, make yourself uncomfortable more. Do things that you don't believe you can do. Prove yourself wrong. Okay? Because this goes right along with that limitations kind of thing. Okay? Limitations are these perceived illusory kind of things. Right? You will know what your limitations are when you've done everything you can, everything you can think of, and everything everybody else can think of to overcome a particular thing, debilitation, whatever. But it's still not a limitation. To me, it's not a limitation. A limitation I can't get rid of is motivation to find a workaround. Because just because I have something that will limit me from doing things the way everybody else can get it done, doesn't stop me from doing it. Any more than it stopped the girl who has no arms from being a ballet dancer, or the guy that I know that started a multi-million dollar sanitation company who has no arms and no legs. No, his name is not Bob, right? No arms and no legs, right? Has his entire office set up to be able to do these things and types with a freaking pencil in his mouth and all kinds of things, right? Or now I'm sure he uses voice recognition stuff or whatever, right? But this is, he started this company back in the late 80s, right? There are all these examples that just make most people's yeah buts look like pansy ass bullshit little cop-outs, right? And those are the things that people won't look at, right? Because it just blows their freaking excuses out of the water. It's kind of like the dad that, that got involved with our training. Uh, it sounded like he was a freaking member of the mafia, and I, I think some of his family might have been. But he was a transplant to my area from New Jersey. So he talked like this, you know what I'm saying? He just, you know, had this, you know, wise guy kind of talk, you know? But anyway, he got his daughters involved in my classes, and... Uh, he was just this training dad. He would always tell me, you know, he was, at that point he was probably in his mid to late 30s, right? He would always tell me, oh, I'd love to do this, but, you know, like, you know, got all these injuries, you know, because he was like, anyway. So he made, you know, he was a contractor and uh, rode horses and all that kind of stuff and banged into the world once too many times. And, you know, that kind of, all these things, right? Age and injury and all this kind of stuff, right? And so, but he would always tell me, oh, man, I'd love to do this, but, you know, but, 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 right? And then we got invited to do a demonstration at a, a local federal prison. Um, I don't even remember how it happened, but uh, they knew about our, our program. And they were having a an open house family kind of thing. It was for the guards and their families and, and stuff like that, right? So uh, it was, there was an open house kind of thing where people got tours of the prison and all that. We were there for, for dinner night. and. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we did this demonstration, right? And so we kind of wrapped it around not just correction officers, but also bringing in some of the historical stuff. So we had, like, people doing dive rolls and, and coming out into, into position. We had, you know, traditional weapons, modern weapons, all kinds of cool stuff, right? Well, one of the guys that helped out, his name was Bud McHale. I love Bud to death. Uh, Bud passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, we, we had this this really cool connection. Um, but anyway, uh, Bud was, God, what was Bud then? Bud was 68, 69. Before Bud had come to me, he got his grandchildren involved, and then he and his daughter, their mom, um, got involved, and they, they went all the way to getting their secondary black belt. 
But before Bud came to me, uh, he had multiple heart attacks. Uh, he had uh, multiple bypass surgeries. He had just, he was like six months out of the most recent one when he joined the school. Um, I'm trying to remember this stuff, so if I'm not looking right at you. Um, uh, when he came to me, he had a nitroglycerin patch on each arm and an emergency vial of nitroglycerin hanging off his neck. Okay. And so um, by the time we did this demo, Bud was down to like alternating a patch uh, every other day and the vial was gone, right? Uh, that was gone like six months into his training. So, um, but at flat feet, he was short, he was severely overweight, uh, that kind of stuff, right? So um, uh, Paul, uh, the guy that I was talking about originally, right, had his daughters there for the demonstration. They were helping. His wife was there. We had all these people doing stuff, right? And uh, there was Bud, right? By all, by all conventional definitions and standards, Bud should have been sitting on his ass, cheering on his grandsons, right? Silently wishing he were, what, 20, 30 years younger, okay? But there was Bud in uniform, doing dive rolls, not the same as everybody else. He'd reach out, collapse his body down, and turn it into a side roll, and come out that way and get up and do his thing and all that, right? Wasn't perfect by any means, but it was the best that that Bud could do, right? Cool, right? But at heart, right? Now, Bud was also a retired command sergeant major from the Army and all this kind of stuff, but either way, right? So he's doing all this stuff, and um, afterwards, um, you know, we had this conversation and everything, and, and um, uh, went home, everything was good, right? And um, not more than a day or two later, Paul came into the um, into the dojo, and he said, "Sign me up." I said, "Wow, where did that come from?" He goes, "Bud, Bud, Bud did it. How did, how did Bud do it?" I was at the demo the other night. Yeah, of course we're at the demo, right? Yeah. Well, Bud, being Bud and doing what he did. I got nothing. I had a conversation with my wife on the way home, and after minutes of silence and her saying, what's wrong, are you okay, he said, all my excuses are bullshit. If he can do that, being the way he is, I have absolutely no freaking excuses whatsoever. So sign me up. And not only did I sign him up, but but in, or, uh, Paul ended up coming to work for me as a program director signing up other people because, like, he didn't just have the perspective of a dad with his kids. He had this huge aha moment that, look, your limitations are only what you make them, right? And you're the only one stopping yourself, okay? And I know Aunt Barb or Uncle Mike or or the Grand Poobah of whatever fraternal organization of Water Buffalo, whatever, right, told you that, blah, blah, blah. Who, who accepted it? Who accepted his truth and, and, and went along with it? <coughs> so, uh, you want to you want to do more with the warrior spirit or develop more of the warrior spirit, then you're going to have to develop a failure is not an option kind of thing for yourself when your own bullshit comes up. It's just you're going to have to do things that you don't think are possible, or that you you always say, "Well, I could, I could never do that. That's not me." Okay, well, let's let's move in that direction and see what happens. Well, what will happen is 
the anxiety and the fear and all that kind of stuff that you protected yourself from is what's going to boil to the surface. Okay. And the warrior spirit is that which carries you through it regardless of how uncomfortable it is. Right. Remember those old bumper stickers, right? That said fearless. And then other ones came out that said, um, uh, fear this, right? There's just bullshit comments from two opposing forces, right? So, uh, you know, then you got, got one group that's saying fearless, right? And the other one, well, well, fear this, right? Um, when the reality is that they're both hiding behind this false bravado kind of thing, right? Because courage has nothing to do with the lack of fear. Courage has nothing to do with lack of fear. Bravery has nothing to do with lack of fear. Bravery and courage are those things that, that we identify when somebody is acting in spite of fear. Oh, he's so... Well, you would never know it today. Because the new thing today is somebody exposing their weaknesses or holding out their victimhood or whatever, right? That person is courageous. I'm confused. So I'm a victim. That's why I can't. And here's all the reasons why. And those people did this to me. And so I can't. And I should get extra brownie points. That's courageous. Not in spite of all that has been done to me and all the people that tried to break me and all that. I will still accomplish my goals. Somehow that's not courageous, that's an asshole. Well, okay. You got a choice. I guess, based on today's uh, uh, definitions, be a victim or be an asshole. In all honesty, I'd rather be an asshole. If those are my choices, I'd rather be an asshole. See, because those things will limit you as well. Okay, remember that you're either courageous and a mentor or somebody to look up to or strong or whatever. Or you're an asshole based on the person that is identifying you and what you make them feel like or what you remind them of or whatever. Somebody who needs a mentor to be strong is going to look at you one way. People that don't want an example and don't want to hear that they need to get off their ass and do things, you're an asshole. Okay? Just, you know, it's kind of like driving down the road. And I remember one time I, I had, my, my daughter was getting an award, right? Two and a half hours from where I live. Okay? And it was like, it was like life was conspiring for me to not make it that day. Right? And, oh, just car broke down, all kinds of things, right? I got there 45 minutes late. Got all kinds of comments and everything, and I said, it's okay, you aren't with me, but I'm here. And all the reasons to not make it that day. And I'm sure, I'm sure, because I remember a moment or two, right, where I cut somebody off as I was doing everything I could, including risking getting a ticket to get there, okay? So, but it's perspective. My daughter was extremely happy that her dad made it. 
right? Because she doesn't live with me, right? Dad did everything he could to make it. He was late, yes, but he made it, right? That was my daughter's perception. Her family's, or my ex-wife's family's perception was, asshole can't even be on time for his daughter getting an award. They know enough to be quiet, but that was their perspective. Perspectives of the people I cut off on the highway? What an asshole. So, you know, who am I going to be, who, who, what, what am I going to tune myself into? Accomplishment of the goal. Right? That doesn't mean I'm going to do things, well, in that case, I did some things that were illegal, like, you know, <laughs> some people might have called it reckless driving or whatever, but I sped, I broke the speeding laws, those kind of things, right? You know, okay, right? But, for the most part, for the most part, moral and ethical and all that kind of stuff, I stay within those boundaries, right? Not only can I not do anything about everybody's perspective of me, right, or perception of me, but I don't want to. Because to make sure that everybody's okay with me means that I'm now no longer me. I'm running around trying to make everybody else happy. I am trying to be the best me I can be so I can be of the most value to those I choose to serve. Some people aren't going to like that so much. Some people aren't going to like the, the, the options that I choose. Right? That doesn't mean I don't care about their feelings, but I'm not going to let their feelings and their perceptions stop me from getting where I need to go. Okay? So... Another another way to to nurture the warrior spirit is to have a freaking vision big enough that the attainment of it is more important to you than what anybody else says about you, thinks about you, or or whatever. Okay, impediments will not stop you. You 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 have this vision that you just know that I will do that thing. Any obstacle that pops up in front of me, I will go over it, under it, around it, through it, or I'll wait until it passes by, and I'm going to keep on moving. Failure is not an option. See, warriors, warrior and spirit, right, but warrior specifically, is another one of these freaking words that are just get bandied around these days. Everything from football teams to whatever, right? Um, well, maybe not so much now, maybe 10 years ago. But either way, uh, it's kind of like enlightenment and, and all that kind of stuff, right? They're used out of context, and people really don't understand the full meaning of it, right? It just sounds cool. We're the warriors. Really? If I hold a gun at your face, you still going to feel like a warrior? The answer should be yes. If you stick a gun in my face and you haven't already pulled the trigger, not only am I going to take it from you, it's going to fucking hurt, and I'm going to resheath it or reholster it in places it, it's on your body that are not designed for that gun to go. I know that. So you better fucking shoot me. And you better do it from across the street, because if you're within arm reach, I'm going to do everything I can to change your life. Now, if you shoot me already, no worries. I can't do anything about that. Okay, And I accept that. This is not about you and me. This is, you know, I'm using the, ger the term generally, right? 
but I also know what's valuable in my life, and I know that I can't do good in the world if I'm not in the world. So guess who trains? Guess who studies when he can't physically train? Guess who get? Well, not me, obviously, because I'm just this fat old bald guy that has a podcast that isn't cool like other people. So the mindset is where it all starts. You can call it warrior spirit all you want, right? Uh, There's a story in one of Hatsumi-sensei and and Stephen Hayes' books. Um, What's it called? Secrets from the Grandmaster, I think, right? It doesn't, I think it's not in it, right? I think it's Secrets from the Grandmaster. Um, it was this book that, um, came about because of these interviews, not really interviews. Uh, the way that, the way I got the story, and it's in the introduction to the book as well, but, um, my first teacher in this art, Stephen Hayes, he was in Japan, he and his wife, uh, Rumiko, were in Japan, were visiting, uh, Hatsumi Sensei, and they got on these topics, and I think what came up was th- this idea that, you know, Hayes was like, you know, most people aren't privy to these conversations, and so they misunderstand a lot of this stuff. And Silky was like, well, you got a, got a recorder? I mean, whatever, right? So they started having these, like, meetings and conversations and recording these things, and then it got transcribed into this book. It's a really cool thing. Highly recommend reading it, right? Um, just like I highly recommend reading Jack Hoban's book, Ninpo, Living and Thinking Like a Warrior, uh, uh, Bud Malmstrom's book, Warriorship, right? You can find that. That was self-published. Hopefully it's out there somewhere, right? Really, really good book, right? Um, more on the mindset of things, right? Um, uh, there's another good one. Um, I don't know, but uh, another good one is uh, is one by a guy named Richard Bach. Not he needed to, right? Richard Bach, read the book Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Yes, I know it's a fictional book about a freaking bird. Okay, read the damn book. Okay, and then read it again. Then read it again, and then make yourself the main character. Okay, because he goes through all the trials and tribulations of somebody who is training to master something, regardless of what everybody else is thinking, saying, laughing about, whatever. And he's okay being by himself to get it done. Okay? That's not a spoiler. you got to read the book. Okay? Somebody gifted it to me a long time ago at a seminar. I read it two and a half times on the flight back home. It's a short read, right? Small words, but it's a short read. read it two and a half freaking times, and it just it was like a punch to the face. It was It was amazing. Right. So anyway, um, uh, I don't know where the hell I was going with that. But anyway, um, and mindset, right? Mindset. You want to develop warrior spirit. You've you've got to one have a vision or have have goals that are big enough that will just. <laughs> You know, I was going to say, pardon me if this bothers you, but if if, the, if your goals aren't so freaking big that they either make you second-guess your own sanity or supercharge you so much your freaking nipples get hard and your hair stands up on end, right? If they're not that big, then you let everybody else beat you down already. Go back to childhood. What would be so freaking cool to get done or experience or whatever, regardless, right? Regardless. If, if time was not an issue, if time away from work was not an issue, if money was not an issue, if, 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 if were not issues, what would you freaking do? 
Where would you be? Where would you visit? Who would you go shake hands with? <coughs> Excuse me. Now, start acting like that. Start acting like those things aren't limitations. The only reason why the job and, the, and, and whatnot is a limitation is because you've convinced yourself that, you know, you can't do without it. Nobody else in the area will pay you as much or, uh, you know, they won't give you time off. How do you know? Do you ask? Well, I just know. Really? Well, if you're that freaking clairvoyant, then you should be able to know in advance how to get to whatever goal you want to get to. It's amazing to me how clairvoyant 99.9% .9 of the fucking population is in knowing for sure that they cannot ever accomplish something that they really want to accomplish, but they can sit around the, the, the kitchen table BSing about how the president's fucking up the world, and if they were in that position, they would X, Y, Z. Really? Really? <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can run a whole fucking country, right? But you can't accomplish goals. <laughs> that's just, that's just freaking brilliant. Anyway, so, but we, we need to hear our own BS, right? That's part of the, the personal clarity part, right? That's the first area of training in the Togakure school. Seishin Teki, right? Personal clarity, personal development, spiritual refinement. It all starts with know thyself. Okay? Where the hell have we heard that stuff before? Anyway, it's all cliche unless you're actually doing it. Right? And I know, right? I'm, I'm going to get tons of email like I always do. Sensei, you don't understand. Your life is like this, and your life is like this. And you were born with what? A silver spoon in your mouth, and you were born with great parents, and you uh, go back and listen to some of the other uh, episodes. They're not made up. Right? I'm just genuinely this freaking happy. Unless something is going on that requires me to bring a different aspect of myself forward. In which case, you're not going to see me smiling. And if I am smiling, it's that cobra smile. Right? So, anyway. Um, all right, what else do we have? <laughs> Don't be a water buffalo. All right, Brian. <laughs> you started this mess. Uh, sorry to hear Bud Pat. Yeah, Therese. Uh, well, you know, we were all sorry to hear that your husband passed as well. So, um, good people don't, no one stays around forever, right? But it's always, it always hits us harder when good people go. Um, but at the same time, you know, what lessons did you get? What value did you get while they were here? That's my, that's my, uh, my number one goal. I have two goals in life, right? Two major goals. Right. Besides, you know, accomplishing goals that I set for myself. Right. But one um, is to live immortally through the lessons that I leave with my children and people that encounter me. Right. And that doesn't mean that I'm trying to convince them of anything. Right. But I want to be I want to be so atypical that they can't forget me. And I don't mean like being eccentric and, and nutball and stuff like that. I mean, I, I want to be that person that that changed their entire perception of humanity. Because everybody else has either become lazy or slothful or whatever, 
right? That's think about what you think is normal, right? What you write off every day, right? And then make sure you're not being that. Okay, that's the water buffalo, right? So, uh, and the other one is to um, close my eyes on my deathbed, knowing that, man, I had an awesome life. I'm ready for the next adventure. I don't want to be that old guy that's sitting around going, well, you know, if I were 20 years younger, I would. If I can still move, <laughs> I'll be figuring out how that old guy can do that thing. Uh, let's see. I only caught part of the live podcast. I'll catch the rest. Me, myself, anyway, are so self-limiting. Thanks again for doing these. Okay. Um, well, before you write yourself off as being so self-limiting, me too. Okay. But I do the best I can at being mindful of when I'm choosing certain options that do limit me. Like this past weekend, right? I started off, I don't remember if it was version one or version two of this thing. Uh, we're coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday and I took a couple of days off, right? And, and what I said was, um, now that I got the holidays out of the way, right? It's not that I enjoyed, I didn't enjoy time with my wife or enjoy family time or whatever, right? But when it comes to accomplishing my goals, they were in the way. Okay. Now I know people are going to misunderstand that. Like I just said, my family was in the way and all that kind of stuff. But while I enjoy holiday gatherings and get-togethers and things like that, right? Um, it's time not spent on getting where I am intending to go and maintaining the momentum, right? So it doesn't make me a workaholic. Okay, it makes me highly fucking focused. Okay, so. Um, uh, if, if you saw, you know what I have right here. If you see in my in my uh, my book, right every day, right I've got quoted the day, right. This is uh, one from a business mentor that I have, right. Just fucking do it, right. Um, uh, goals out here, successes I keep track of, that kind of stuff, right. So these are just the current days, right. Um, I had this journal. I got it from a different business mentor. Um, because it's it's about like it's not about ten xing your your uh, your uh, uh, your results. It's not about the ten. It's about go go beyond what you think that, that you're capable of, right? Um, in our Miko training, there's there's this one uh, uh, teaching. It's called the Heart Sutra. It's about getting past. Uh, what you see, right? Because a lot of people are like, if I can't see it, taste it, touch it, whatever, then it doesn't exist, okay? Uh, you, know, well, you know what? You can't freaking see, taste, touch, or whatever the subatomic particles that make up the molecules that make up the odor that you're smelling or the, the microphone that I'm staring at or the computer screen. You can't see those things either, right? What you can see is the thing that's big enough for your senses to recognize, Okay? So we got to be careful. But it's not about the number, right? But anyway, uh, in this teaching, uh, at the very end of it, there's this, there's this mantra, right? There's this, this slogan, right? Um, that's in English. It just says, gone, gone, gone beyond, gone beyond enlightenment, right? What that means is I'm going so far beyond my understanding or belief or interpretation of enlightenment, right? Because if, if I'm aiming for something... It's a limit, right? It's a goal, and it's a place to start. But I have to understand that that's a marker that I can recognize. What I'm really searching for is beyond it and beyond that and beyond that. It's kind of like when we when we target something with a punch, 
I always tell students, stop targeting the freaking surface. And stop targeting an inch beyond the surface. And stop targeting just the middle of their body or whatever, right? I want you to target, especially when you're doing this ski, this classical ski, right? Ski doesn't mean punch, right? It means to pierce or thrust. It's a spearman and swordsman's term. To pierce or thrust, right? It's not done the same way a normal punch is done. Uts, to atemi, to impact the body. Those guys, that's all different. Ski, right? I want you to focus through the surface, through the body, through the wall behind the person, through the limits of the building, down through the town, next town over, and punching a building there. That's where I want your focus. So if that's the focus for a ski, what's the focus for this for goals? The same. It's the same. Focus so far fucking beyond the thing that you're willing to accept that when you end up failing on the thing that you aimed for, ultimately, you only hit 60 or 80% of that, you're so far freaking beyond the thing that was reasonable that you astonish yourself and everybody else thinks you're freaking magical. It's not magic, it's focus. What you focus on, you aim for, what you, is, is what you're going to go for, right? Energy goes, or as it go? Energy flows where attention goes. What you put your attention on is what you're going to spend your energy on getting to, right? If I decide I'm taking a vacation over this, I love these people with staycations, right? But anyway, um, I'm taking a vacation over a weekend uh, or for a week, right? And we're going to a local amusement park that's close to our house where what, it's a 20-minute drive, whatever, Take the kids, whatever, we can go back and forth, rent a cabin, that kind of stuff. Doesn't take me nearly the amount of time, effort, resources, energy, focus, planning, anything like that. Discomfort, right? As planning on taking my family to the Cayman Islands by way of a cruise ship. Oh, and we are going to have to, I mean, we could drive, but that's going to take an extra freaking week, right? To get to the port where we're going to take the, whatever, right? Okay. How about if, uh, we fly, right? So all this stuff, right? To organize and whatever. Kids, uh, getting kids out of school. I know I've done that a couple of times. Um, I mean, my youngest is going to be graduating here in a couple of months, but so, but it's the same thing, right? Where you're going, right? Well, I need to block somebody. Hold on one second. I guess somebody that decided that they're, uh, oh, let's see. Every once in a while we get a dickhead. This is easy, done, perfect, excellent, nice talking to you, have a nice life. And there again is wonderful, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, why, 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 let me find it again, block list, there we go, dun, 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 dun. All right, so let me bring it up here to somebody else and show that so we get that off my damn screen. All right, so, okay, uh, we're going to show you here. Holiday day, holiday day, holiday day, holiday day. There it is. Christmas shopping. Uh, well, that was Christmas shopping for Angie. Let's see. I have, there we go. That's my wife, Angie time. Okay, 
blocking out a whole day. There was a day blocked out for my grandson, that kind of stuff, right? Okay. So, um, no, it's not like, uh, in, in sensitive and impersonal, like, oh, you're scheduling them in your time and all that. Uh, no, it's, I've decided that I understand that's going to limit my moving toward primary goals and all that kind of stuff, but balance, right? I, I need to do this too. I need to nurture my relationship with my wife. I want to spend some time with my grandson, all those kind of things, right? So, and, and here's the reality, right? Here, here's the real thing because everybody, not everybody, right? 80% are better. Still want to live their lives like a three-year-old. And what I mean by that is we want to chase after all the pleasantries and avoid all the painful stuff. So we're busy like trying to manipulate life so that we can have it all, right? So I can avoid the pain. I can not have to worry about trade-offs. I can, I can, I can. But if you're a grown-up, you know that everything costs something. Everything. I can't do something or have something without giving up something else. Whether I'm giving up money to get it, I'm giving up time to get it, I'm giving up energy to get it, I'm giving up something else that I would like to be doing, but this thing's more important, and I have to pick and choose. Okay? Nothing is free. Training hurts. Training takes time. Right? If I want to be training, I take time away from my family. Right? But I know that the training is going to make me a better dad, father, husband, whatever, right? Okay, so the, the, it's going gonna, it's gonna to loop back, right? But I, it's about clarity, right? It's about clarity. All right, let me see if I can shift things here a little bit. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Uh, huh. Anyway, all right, so what else do we have here? Uh, I think that's it before... Jaguar jumped on things, right? Anyway, all right, so, um, boy, we've been at this for, well, just under two hours on the second reboot, but I started <laughs> two hour, over two hours ago. So, anyway, uh, last-minute questions or comments? Anything? Before I wrap this up. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Jen, Mike, thanks for joining in. Uh, Mr. Norlinger, right? I'm not sure if it's Stephen or Stefan. I've seen uh, same spelling, uh, both pronunciations. Brian, thanks for the topic uh, ideas for uh, for class. I appreciate it. Uh, Therese, always good to see you, my friend. Uh, who else? And then we had uh, <laughs> we had party crasher. <laughs> Alrighty then. Anyway, okay. So uh, if there's nothing else, uh, you can always shoot me an email, right? If you if you want to send in something, whether it's um, uh, topic ideas or anything like that, uh, you can either uh, find me on Facebook, Jeffrey M. Miller. I think it's Jeffrey M. Miller 22, but either way, you can find me, right? Uh, you can uh, post it through the um, post it through the uh, Kuden podcast Facebook uh, page, right? Uh, online ninjutsu training page, uh, whatever, right? Shoot me an IM, or you can just shoot, just cut to the chase and send it via email uh, to Warrior C. W-A-R-R-I-O-R, the letter C, at warrior-concepts-online.com. Uh, that's the quickest, easiest. Either I will see it or my guy James Alexander. He's my admin assistant. He'll see it. I thought James was going to be on, and maybe he is. Maybe he's over on uh, YouTube or something like that. Either way, oh, Josh got in and caught the end of it. Cool. All right, so, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. I will talk to everybody again next time. 
keep the ideas coming, keep the questions coming. And if, uh, you know, you're interested in doing training beyond that, let me know, right? Uh, got a lot of plans for 2022, like big time, right? So, uh, which means I'll be busy as hell and don't ask me how I'm going to, how I'm going to accomplish them because I don't know yet. And that's the secret, right? To, to set goals. Everybody needs, everybody thinks that they need to know how they're going to accomplish it when they set it. Really? No. Set it and then you'll start to figure out what it is that you need. Then you can work at solving those problems. Right? Everybody, everybody sets, or everybody sets goals bass backwards. Right? Like I have to have all this stuff together before I can set the goal. See me blinking? <laughs> That's just, <laughs> no. I set 500 goals right now, right? Just because I'm doing it, right? But set the goal and figure it out from there. And no, you don't have to have any idea how you're going to accomplish it when you set the damn goal, right? Stop shortchanging yourself and stop doing it like everybody else, for God's sake. If everybody else knew what the hell they were doing and they were right, they wouldn't be bitching, moaning, and complaining. Right? You wouldn't be trying to do need to do because it's different than what everybody else is doing. So if you want to do something different, you want to be something different, stop doing things like everybody else is doing it. They're wrong. But hey, if you need to go with the masses, all right, that's it. I'm going to talk to everybody again next time. Oh, wait, another message came in. I don't want to ignore anybody. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, you're welcome. It was just thank yous. All right, guys, I'll talk to everybody again next time. Uh, if you're local, uh, don't forget, no classes tomorrow at the school. Tomorrow's test night, uh, and so no other classes. And then uh, we've got end-of-the-year kind of stuff coming up, uh, Christmas party. Um, yes, it's a Christmas party, not a holiday party. Call it what you want, right? Um I live in, in an area where we celebrate Christmas, so it's a Christmas party. Right? Uh, that is uh, Thursday, December 23rd, so there's no classes. Last classes at the dojo are Wednesday, December 22nd, and then we're closed through the new year. And then uh, if you're scheduled for December test, that's uh, Monday, January 3rd. Classes restart Tuesday, January 4th. And Friday starts uh, our weekend uh, intensive for the Dicomio side, right, our uh, – our New Year's uh, kickoff uh, seminar. Yes, pun intended. All right, that's it. I'm going to stop talking. I'll talk to everybody again next time. See ya. Get more of Kudan Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.